Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. He's Nate the Great, the Professor Nate Jacobson on the other side of the screen. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, we are uh, doing this from home today because uh, Chicago is uh, under a snowstorm advisory, winter weather advisory, and it's going to be negative 50 degrees or something. So figured we might as well do it over Skype, stay warm, stay in our own little rooms. Yeah, definitely. Uh, snow started about I think two or three hours ago, and it seems like it's uh, coming down pretty quickly as I just turned over my shoulder to see uh, <laughs> what was falling, and it sounds like it's going to be like that for uh, for a while, just ahead of the uh, the big game between the Bills and the Bears. That uh, if you're Woo! not in Chicago, uh, that's one of the many uh, weather considerations this week they have to pay attention to, as temperatures are going to be down in the single digits with wind and plenty of snow on the ground. Doesn't sound like there'll be snow during that game, but uh, there'll be snow, I'm sure, on the in the seats and in, in the in the crowd, and uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. As uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll dedicate some extra time to the weather going on in the NFL this week, which actually starts the Thursday night Jaguars Jets. A lot of rain uh, headed to re- East Rutherford, New Jersey, or already rain there that might affect yeah. the uh, that game tonight, and that's why the total has plummeted all week. Yeah, I like it. I'm wearing my little stadium hat with the little. Tassel on top, staying warm. Uh, and of course, also, we've got all the college football. We've got all the NFL picks. We got a bunch, actually. We also had Zach Badgerhouse on to talk NBA and his picks for Christmas Day. So he's, uh, he's a big NBA better. Uh, me and him and, and you all talk some of our picks for uh, the NBA slate on Sunday. So that should be fun. Five game slate. We did some parlays, did some individual bets, did some player props. So that'll be a, at the end of this episode. And it'll be its own little episode on the Points in the Paint podcast feed as well. So you can get all the picks from that and more. But Nate, let us start with the college football slate. Before we get into the NFL, we have some bowl picks going on because there's some bowl games this weekend and into next week before we do our episodes for next week so uh, let's get into it you have uh, two teams to pick from with the first one being duke yeah so these games are next wednesday i did bring up two games last episode in in texas tech and washington um those games are wednesday and thursday and because we only might record one episode next week depending on just our availability, I just wanted to give out two plays that I'm considering for next Wednesday. The first is Duke minus three against UCF. This line has moved to quite a bit, a flip of favorite into the Duke Blue Devils side. But Duke, just a team that's really motivated to be there, uh, a team that was projected to win three games earlier um, before the season. Uh, Mike Elko did a fantastic job in his first year in Durham. And I think this line move makes a lot of sense, especially – since UCF, one of their quarterbacks, Keen, is in the transfer portal. And John Reese Plumley got banged up in the last game of the season. And, and based on the line move, I think it's a, a long shot that he will be available for this game. So they, UCF could be down to the third-string quarterback. So 
like Duke here, a team that's happy to be there. They achieved a lot this season making a bowl game, even though the ACC was weak. And uh, at minus three, I'd still lay it with Duke. That's probably the last number I'd play it to. But um, if you want to wait to see if Plumley does end up playing, maybe you get a better number on Duke. But that's definitely the side I'm looking towards. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Duke's been surprisingly good this season, better than a lot of people expected. I know we were talking about their win total back in August, and uh, I don't think we were really sure of what to do with them, but they more than exceeded people's expectations. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great shot by Mel- Mike Elko. And kind of thinking about yeah, it, Mike Elko, he was the defensive coordinator at A&M, and A&M took a big step back. So maybe that's something to look towards college football next year. A team who loses an influential coordinator on one side of the ball that was really good the year before, maybe fading them in the in the season win total market. We saw that kind of with Oklahoma State losing Jim Knowles to Ohio State and how they kind of plummeted um, to a six-win season. Yeah, just take Indiana losing Kane Womack and losing yeah. all their coordinators a couple years DeBoer. ago. The board, they haven't been the same since. So I I think that's a really good strategy we should take into the summer. Uh, I have an Independence Bowl pick, and it is uh, UL Lafayette, plus seven, getting the points, a touchdown against Houston. And this is really interesting to me, Nate, because, you know, there's been, there's obviously going to be roster changes and people sitting out and everything like that, but seven for Houston seems like a lot of points. They uh, they don't do well with large spreads. They're 0-5 against the spread when they're favored by seven or more. They're one in seven against the spread this year. And they've only covered one of their last five games. Dana Holkerson just is not great sometimes at covering. He's also two and nine against the spread in his bowl games in his career. It's just this is not a team that seems like they can be trustworthy. And I know Dana Holgerson has said he's looking more at uh, traveling and trying to recruit at this time of year rather than paying attention to UL Lafayette. So, I really like in this number, and for whatever reason, the number has gone from five to seven. So I'm going to pounce on it now that it's at a touchdown. Uh, the, the Louisiana Lafayette defense is really good at takeaways, and Houston passes the ball a lot. They're 15th in the nation in pass attempts a game, and uh, UL Lafayette's 31st in turnover margin, 14th in takeaways a game, and most of the, the turnovers they get are interceptions. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for this Lafayette team to, to take, take away balls from Houston, um, and, and I just don't know if – if the Cougs are going to be able to cover seven whole points when they have struggled to do that all season long, and UL Lafayette has some really good edges on them defensively. Yeah, so I agree with everything you said. Just one reason why this line may have gone up a little bit, which surprised me a bit because I was looking at the UL, uh, the Louisiana side going into yep. bowl season, but Clayton Toon, the quarterback of Houston, looks like he's going to play. And I think when bowl lines come out, there's kind of like an in-between number about if a, a team has a star quarterback and if kind of like in between if he plays or not if he opts out then it goes down a little bit if he opts in it goes up a little bit so they don't bake in the full spread just in case someone does opt out and and they don't get clobbered with money on the other side so i think that's the reason for it but i I love the idea of fading dana holgerson in a bowl game he has not been good in these situations i like what you said about holgerson focusing on recruiting this week instead of this game especially a houston team going to the big 12 so they're going to have to up their their recruiting game, their NIL game, and having to hit the portal pretty hard. So I feel like this game's a little bit of a distraction for them. And also the uh, Louisiana from the Sun Belt, others than last night, South Alabama, which was horrible. Uh, the Sun Belt's been pretty good this bowl season. So maybe the Sun Belt a little undervalued going into the bowls. So I like this a lot, uh, plus seven. I wouldn't be surprised if Louisiana won outright 
and Houston totally no-shows in this game because before the year, Houston had legit aspirations of winning the AAC, maybe being the top G5 team to make a New Year's Six Bowl. So to get this bowl in, in Shreveport, Louisiana, not a, not what Houston would want. Uh, that was not part of their goals going into the season. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm totally cool with fading Dana Holgerson uh, as a big favorite and then specifically in Love postseason it. play. Absolutely. And I really don't mind a starting quarterback playing just because, again, UL Lafayette's takeaway kings. They they love picking off teams. And so if, if Houston's going to pass it a ton, that's just more of an opportunity for takeaways for, for Lafayette. For sure. uh, you like uh, the early season darling in the Kansas Jayhawks. They're getting a field goal. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a play on Kansas because they weren't expected to make a bowl game either, just like Duke, and they're going to be happy to play in the Liberty Bowl. That's a pretty legit bowl game for a program like Kansas who hasn't made a bowl game in over 10 years, but also want to fade Arkansas, a team that had a real hard schedule and they won six games, a little bit of a a letdown, I say, after kind of the expectations that they set um, in the early Sam Pittman years, but also Arkansas just really banged up all season. I know that a lot of those defensive players aren't going to play in the bowl game because of injuries and opt-outs. You lose the defensive coordinator, Barry Odom, who takes the UNLV job and wasn't a great coach at his time at Missouri, but I do think he's a really good defensive coordinator, so he's not going to be part of this game. So looking towards Kansas here, a team that's going to be happy to be there, fully motivated, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won straight up. So Kansas plus three going to be a bet for me for the Liberty Bowl next Wednesday. Love it. I have a game that's on Tuesday, the guaranteed rate bowl. Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. This is going to be a gross, disgusting, no points whatsoever game. So I'm going to take the under. It's at 43, and as long as it stays over 42, I'll take the under. This has dropped from 48, 48 and a half in some places. Um, no Graham Mertz in the transfer portal. No Spencer Sanders yeah. for, o- uh, for Oklahoma State. He's in the transfer portal. So two backup quarterbacks from each team. Uh, OK State is uh, troubled offensively, even with Spencer Sanders. They have not gotten over 20 points in a game, Nate, since October 20th. They cannot play offense consistently. They cannot score points. And now they're going up against a decent to good Wisconsin defense, even without some of their better players who are leaving for the draft. I still believe that their defense, it's kind of a next man up mentality. They still have the talent and the depth. So I think defense is just going to be the name of the game for the guaranteed rate bowl. And I I don't expect more than 42 points in this one. Um, the, The Wisconsin offense without Graham Burtz is not going to be good. They're starting fifth year senior Chase Wolf. I don't believe that he's just suddenly going to come out and pass for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So I really think that this is a lovely spot for the under. Maybe we'll see like a 17-14 type of game, maybe something around that area, 14-10. to 10. You know, I really don't expect a lot of points. It's going to be field goal heavy. It's going to be at Chase, uh, what is it, Chase Field in Arizona. So it's not like the elements are going to come into question. But, again, field goal heavy. Not a lot of touchdowns, backup quarterbacks for both teams, decent defense on the Wisconsin side. Give me the under. And I believe an interim coach for Wisconsin as as Jim Leonard coaches his final game or being part of that program because he got passed over for the job and now it's Luke Fickle. It does sound like at first that Leonard was going to actually stay on that staff, but then he announced a few days later he's leaving the staff after the bowl game. So not really sure what to make of this game at all. I do like the under call just because of the quarterback situations, but 
definitely going to be a game low in the confidence, uh, in my conf- bowl confidence pool because I guess Wisconsin I'll pick because they're the favorite, but I, I don't have any confidence in, in betting <laughs> on that. No, I would. I don't think I could pick a winner in this one. My history of picking winners in bowl games is also just awful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from that one and just go towards an even more unpredictable part in the total. Because you know who knows with these bowl games. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships. The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's go to the NFL. And the name of the game this weekend, Nate, is Freezing Cold Weather. It is going to be cold across many parts of the NFL schedule this week, as you mentioned, to start the show. It's a lot of uh, totals in the mid-30s. Even got a total of 32.5, which is a lot of fun. So um, we can start making some plays, I guess, if you have any plays. I don't know if you have any weather-related plays right now either. Yes, just basically Saturday is going to be really cold, really windy in some areas. So just kind of something to factor in, knowing, you know, certain teams, there's there's a number of teams from, you know, warmer weather climate or dome teams that are playing in these conditions. So definitely going to stay away from teams like the Saints, the Falcons, I actually might make a case for the Raiders in some way, even though they are going to Pittsburgh and going to be playing in 10-degree weather on Saturday night. But just something to keep in mind when you're betting player props, be really cautious about betting overs. I'd actually look under or just not play it for games like Saints at Browns, where there's going to be winds of 40 miles per hour plus potential snow and and, uh, cold weather. And Chicago, it's going to be really cold. And Kansas City even, and that game's pretty high total, but it's going to be really cold, single-digit weather in Kansas City. Even places like Charlotte and and Nashville, where you think it'd be a little warmer than maybe some of these Midwest, Northeast cities, it's going to be cold weather there. So definitely just keep an eye on all these games that are outdoors. Pretty much it seems like every outdoor game is going to be a factor. So other than like the game like the the Giants Vikings that's going to be indoors, which is kind of funny that that Minnesota isn't a weather concern because it's probably like the coldest yeah. place in the country out of all these places. But <laughs> it would be they're, dangerous. Uh, they're wisely and playing indoors, so definitely something to keep an eye on this week. Um, the weather has already kind of impacted a lot of these odds, especially in the totals. So if you're coming in on Saturday morning looking to bet unders on these lines that have been battered around six or seven points i'd i'd stay away uh maybe look to live bet some stuff and also look under on any prop bets you like yeah i uh i have some totals that i do want to play and i don't know if we want to start with some totals but uh sure it it might be a little bit of a reckless total nate but i kind of like the bears over against the bills 39 and a half it seems a little bit low for a team like the Bills, first of all, who we've seen already play in cold weather. They've had their issues with cold weather this season multiple times. They hit the over against the Miami Dolphins in freezing cold weather in Buffalo where it snowed towards the end of the game. It's not going to snow in Chicago, but it is going to be bitterly cold. But again, I don't think that's going to affect Buffalo too much. Josh Allen says he loves playing in the cold. It doesn't really bother him that much. And for the Bears... You know, the cold weather really affects the passing game a ton because that football just becomes, you know, hard as a rock and really heavy, hurts your hands when you're trying to catch it. They're not going to, you know, they don't need to, they don't need a pass to score. They have Justin Fields who can run for 40, 50, 60 yards. And he's said that the cold really doesn't bother him too much. So 
I don't know how much the cold is really going to affect too much in this game. I expect the Bills to get their points against a bad Chicago defense. And I think Chicago can score on their own with the running game that they have with Justin Fields. I know they have some offensive line issues. They're shuffling around that offensive line. So that could become part of an issue for the running back game. But Justin Fields will still get his. He relies a lot on short passes as well. I can see this game going over, you know, hit the 45-point mark, something like that. I think this is just a little too low, a little bit of an overreaction for two teams who are used to playing in the cold and who have showed they can play in the cold and whose game plans are preferable to cold-weather games. So the cold by itself sometimes doesn't affect the scoring as much as we think, but I, I would be cautious in this in this spot in Chicago where 25-mile-per-hour wins. Uh, even though Allen has played a college at Wyoming and, you know, he says – He's okay with playing in bad weather, and, and last week that game went over, even though it was bad weather in Buffalo. This is going to be a lot windier than what we've kind of seen from a, from a normal NFL game, and atop of the cold weather and the howling winds, I just see it hard that the Bills' passing game does much just because the weather's going to prevent them. I can see this kind of being a, a similar game to what we saw last year in Buffalo and on that Monday night when the Patriots played the Bills, and I'd yeah. be worried about that kind of setup. I mean, obviously things can change. What Wind changes all the time, but I, I would be really cautious and, and at least not bet the over before the game starts. Um, I think there could be a, a couple empty possessions right away. A lot of people start live betting the under because they see what the weather is, and then maybe you can go contrarian over at a much better number than what we're seeing pre-flop. I like it. All right, so you have a couple plays as well. Is there any that are super weather-related? Um, a little bit, I guess. I like the Panthers, plus two and a half. I grabbed some plus three earlier this week. If I if it gets back to plus three, I'm going to take this. The reason why this is weather-related is weather's going to be in the 20s for this game, which is cold for Charlotte really any time of year. And we've kind of talked last week about Jared Goff struggling in cold weather, and I'm going to uh, fade them again, even though they won last week. I thought that like it. it was kind of a, a toss-up game. It was a game when we, when I was talking about it, I thought it was going to be the Mike White show. It ended up being Zach Wilson. I think if it was Mike White, the, the Jets likely win that game. But I, I still don't think Goff is very good when the weather is bad. Um, we've seen that historically, and this is going to be a cold-weather game for him. So now that the Lions, who are on this big cover straight, Shriek are a road favorite. It's a little bit of a different stories and how they've uh, performed or the, this kind of setups they've been in the last two months. So if I can get plus three on the Panthers, I would definitely bet that game um, as a side on Carolina, who still has a shot of winning the NFC South. They just have to win this game and they'll at least have a puncher's chance. Uh, let me go to Cincinnati, or, uh, Kansas City, excuse me, for mine. Seattle plus 10 is one of my plays for the weekend, Nate. And I really like this spot for the Seahawks as a double-digit underdog. Patrick Mahomes, I went back and I did the math, so I don't know how trustworthy this is, but I believe he is 9-12-1 against the spread as a double-digit favorite. For whatever reason, he struggles often as a double-digit favorite. Kansas City struggles as a double-digit favorite. I know Kansas City is at home, so I think that's why this is already up to double digits for Seattle, but this is the first time the Seahawks have been a double-digit underdog this season. They have only lost by double digits once this season. That was week two against San Francisco. I think Geno Smith is too good of a quarterback, and we've seen throughout the start of the season and how good it is against the spread record was. Now they have lost five games in a row against the spread. I don't think that continues. I'm not saying Seattle's going to win. They probably won't. 
but I think they can at least keep it close enough where they will cover this 10-point spread. Now that I'm getting 10, I know this number's moved up a bit. Give me double-digit Seahawks. Give me Seattle to cover in Kansas City. Yeah, this is one of the games I really don't have much interest in betting because I do agree with you that you know there's some concerns with, with the Chiefs and, and covering big numbers. I'm also just worried that the Seahawks are kind of going back to what we thought they were going to be early in the season. And, and now you remove Tyler Lockett from the lineup, who has that finger injury. And I think that this game being in cold weather, although not you know too much wind, I just not don't really trust the Seahawks to go score for score with Mahomes if they have to. Even though the Chiefs defense hasn't played well, they they usually play pretty much better at home. So I, I'm not gonna you know totally disagree with you, but I it would be Chiefs or nothing for me, honestly. Uh, you have what three more plays? I do. Uh, let's start Patriots plus three. I would see if we can get maybe a plus three and a half uh, before this game on Saturday, another cold weather game. I'm I'm not sure really if it suits one team or the other. I guess Bill Belichick um, over Zach Taylor in this kind of game would, would, you know, make sense to the back the Patriots here. But the real handicap for this game is what happened last week to the Cincinnati Bengals. It was basically a similar point spread at Tampa Bay, where they're, you know, three, three-and-a-half-point road favorite. They get down early, 17-0. They cut it to 17-3 at halftime. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers proceeded to play one of the worst quarters of football I've ever seen in my life, where <laughs> they botch a fake field goal on a fourth-and-one on their own side of the field. I'm not really sure what was going on there, um, but that led to a field goal for the Bengals. Then on the next four possessions, they turned the ball over either by fumbling or a Tom Brady interception. That all resulted in 24 points for the Bengals, but none of their drives were more than 40 yards. Uh, the Buccaneers really outgained them in the in the box score and, and won the box score against the Bengals. And if the Bengals lose that game, and they probably should have if the ineptitude of the Bucs didn't get in the way, this line I think would be less than a field goal. And then on the other side, the Patriots losing that horrific play don't need to talk about that because I'm sure everyone's seen it. But <laughs> I, I do oh, feel like rough. even though the vibes might not be good in New England, I feel like this could be kind of their like last stand and against a Bengals team who's obviously very good. And they've covered so many games since last playoffs with Joe Burrow under center. But the way last week went for the Bengals, I feel like they got kind of fortunate. And hopefully New England doesn't make those kind of mistakes that uh, Tom Brady team did last week so Patriots plus three definitely a bet if it gets out to three and a half that would be best bet territory but it's pretty much plus three across the board I like it getting near to a best bet I have one more play yes and it's a play I actually agree with and I was thinking of talking about so I wanted to we can talk about that right now all right let's see if you agree with this Nate then three words Brock Purdy regression it's coming Something has to happen. He has to start playing worse, right? He's playing so well right now. His completion percentage has been really, really good in some games and pretty good in some other games. Lots of yardage. He's making few mistakes. At some point, Mr. Irrelevant has to become Mr. Irrelevant-like, I, I would imagine. And I think it's, <laughs> it's probably coming against a commander's uh, tough defense, and they're getting seven points on the road. It's a lot of points to be getting. 
the Commanders are a tough team. I know they lost to the Giants. They didn't look super great against the New York Giants team, but I know we were talking about the Giants probably shouldn't have been an underdog as much as they were in that game. Right. So that, that may have been a misline game. I, I just think this is a good spot for the Commanders. They're fighting for their playoff life. 49ers, I don't think, can continue to be as good as they have been. At some point, that regression has to come, and I think it's going to be this week. I don't know if the Commanders win or not. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on their money line, but I really do like the plus seven. Yeah, the last week you banged the table for the Giants over the Commanders, but that was with the Commanders and Taylor Heineke in the favorite role and, and having to win by margin. And now they're back in their preferred underdog role, especially for a, a player for like Heineke who's – not that talented, but he kind of good at like rallying a team together. And I think Brock Purdy is definitely in line for at least a little bit of regression. He's playing in over his head. Oh. But even if he just kind of plays like a baseline normal, it's still a lot to ask of him to cover a game and win by eight or more points to lose this bet. So I like that idea. I also like the idea of fading the 49ers just after clinching the division they're pretty much locked into like the two or three line in the NFC with the Vikings most likely going to be the two or the three and, you know, a potential collision course. Those two teams play in the divisional round. But with all the injuries the 49ers have suffered this year, especially the, the latest uh, in terms of their skill position to Debo Samuel, I could see a situation where the 49ers rest, start resting players or, or maybe not resting players, but maybe not using Christian McCaffrey as much, knowing that he's going to be more important in games down the line, especially without Debo Samuel on the field. So just because the 49ers like, are now this situation where they've clinched the division and they're kind of just seeing out the season of the playoffs, I kind of like getting the commanders plus seven, maybe even if it gets up to plus seven and a half in a game that they're obviously all in for because last week's loss was a devastating blow to their playoff chances. But if they do win this game, they will be right back in the NFC playoff race. I don't think they are going to win this game, but if they are catching that many points, I expect an inspired effort from the commanders who people might be off on after what they saw last Sunday against the Giants. However, in a game where the, the commanders did outscore the or outgain the Giants by 99 yards, so it wasn't like they played poorly. They just couldn't execute in the uh, in key plays of the game. So you have two more picks, Eagles, Packers, both underdogs, and you like both of them. Eagles yeah, so, are starting to turn into kind of a sexy pick almost, a plus six. Yeah, so <laughs> this has been one of the more fascinating games of uh, the, the week in terms of betting. Going into it the, really you know, going before last weekend, there was you know high anticipation for this Eagles-Cowboys game, and then the Cowboys lose the Jags, Eagles beat the Bears. Eagles now have a three-game lead in the NFC East with three weeks to play. So it looks like they'll win the division regardless. I think the game lost a little luster, but I had a little interest in Dallas early in the week when it was minus one, minus one and a half. And then all of a sudden on Monday, kind of get away from the computer for like 30 minutes. All of a sudden it's Eagles uh, or Cowboys minus four. You're like, what's going on? I don't like, usually if, if a line moves that drastically, it's not because of just someone liking it and, and betting a lot on Dallas. It usually has to be injury-related and usually injury-related to a, a quarterback. So word started getting out about Jalen Hurts. Some reporters confirmed that Jalen Hurts had a shoulder injury, and then we got out to Cowboys minus six. And my immediate reaction at Cowboys minus six was, if it is Gardner Minshew, 
I'd have a lot of interest in Philly just because I know Jalen Hurts is an amazing season and don't want to take anything away from him. But the Eagles' offense is just really good. Their offensive line's awesome. They have a good running game. They have the weapons that I think any quarterback could at least be capable in. And, and Gardner Minshew is certainly a capable backup. So I was kind of thinking there's going to be an overreaction from the drop-off to Hurts to Minshew, which I think there was at plus six. And that's why, as we talk right now on a Thursday afternoon, we're seeing pretty much Cowboys minus five across the board. So I like the Eagles here at four and a half or better. If it, And I think we might be able to get a plus six again once it's confirmed that Jalen Hurts is inactive for this game. So it's kind of this weird thing where early in the week I like the Cowboys, but because the Eagles quarterback got hurt, I like the Eagles at a different number, much different number. So I'm looking to Philly in this game, especially with some of the issues the Cowboys have gone through the last few weeks with injuries and just not playing well. And it's completely anti-analytics, but it does seem like any game that Gardner Minshew is involved in, they just always seem to have a chance to win, no matter what it is. He (laughs) just wills the offense to, I mean, to at least be in a game. I don't know if they win games, but at least they're like, and, oh, Gardner Minshew has a drive at the end of the game to win it. They're close enough that they can win. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take the points in this one. And if you want to go really narrative uh Gardner Minshew was a East Carolina transfer who went to Washington State, played a year under Mike Leach. Gardner Minshew actually delivered the eulogy at Mike Leach's memorial service in Mississippi on Tuesday. So I feel like he's going to play inspired knowing that, because of Mike Leach and his air raid attack, he's the that's the only reason why he is in the NFL, because he was kind of a, a forgotten quarterback at Eastern Carolina. And who knows what Gardner Minshew would be doing if it wasn't for Mike Leach. So I'm sure he's going to be really focused and going to want to put on a good performance for his old coach who passed away tragically a few weeks ago. Uh, you have uh, Packers plus four. Talk about that, and then we can get into some sexy picks and then a tease as well. Yeah, um, I bet some Packers plus four and a half. I think plus four is still fine. It's a lot. I, I just, I, I hate doing this, but I just have like a gut feeling the Packers might win this game. And, I, and wow. it's nothing like, I don't even know if numbers support it. I just think maybe the Packers having that late buy did them really well because they were really banged up and, and Rodgers certainly is not 100% healthy, and maybe he is right. 100% healthy now. And just the way things have been going in the NFC this year with all these teams in wild card positions losing and, and giving teams like the Lions and Packers a, a, a chance, especially the Lions. I mean, Lions are in control of their own yeah. fate, but the Packers, if they uh, get some results to go their way Saturday, I feel like they have a shot of winning this game against the Dolphins, who did play well in Buffalo last week in a, in a kind of a bad spot and have a pretty big rest advantage and are a better team at home. But I just have a feeling the Packers uh, might win this game, and there's obviously a chance they lose big, but I think Packers plus four might be a selection for me in some contests. I really hope you're right, and only because back when we were talking win totals in August, I took and bet on the Miami Dolphins under nine and a half wins. They're at eight, oh, for, they're at eight right now. So if forgot you're about, about that. a win total sweat, Get, I, I hope the Packers win this one because this is probably the easiest game on the schedule uh, for the Dolphins for the next three games. So a loss here would be great. I would only need them to lose one out of the next two after that. So it's going to be a sweat, but go Packers, man. I hate saying it, but go Packers <laughs> for my bet. Uh, let's see. We got some sexy picks as well. Three teams with sexy picks. <laughs> 
starting with the Texans? Yeah, I mean, when a team gets bet down from plus seven to plus three, they're a sexy pick, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know how sexy of a pick this is, but I just wanted to talk about the line move in this game with Ryan Tannehill. It actually looks like he's out for the season, likely out for the season, and it's going to be the Malik Willis show. However, the more I think about it, I think the Titans are the only way to bet in this game because with cold weather in Nashville, this was going to be a Derrick Henry game anyway, and Derrick Henry has amazingly rushed for 200 yards per ga- or 200 yards or more against the the Texans the last four meetings against Houston. So we saw earlier this year when it was a Malik Willis game against the Texans in Houston, they just fed Henry. He rushed for over 200 yards and they got the win. So I can see a similar situation here where maybe the the Titans are at a little bit of a discount because basically this line says the Texans and Titans are are equal teams with Malik Willis under center. And I know the Titans are really banged up and have kind of outperformed their their record, at least early in the year. Uh, it hasn't been good for them the last month. But, yeah, I'd look towards uh, Tennessee, if anything, and going against Houston. Let's just say I wouldn't bet Houston right now currently at a <laughs> plus three or plus three and a half. Yeah, you're not getting him at a good number if that's how that's going to work for sure. Um, let's see who else Buccaneers and the Chargers, the two other sexy picks. Yeah. So the two last games of the weekend, two primetime spots Sunday night on Christmas, uh, Buccaneers against the Cardinals. Buccaneers have gotten bet out from minus three and a half all the way to minus seven and a half with kind of confirmation that Colt McCoy is out. Obviously Kyler Murray's out. So it's going to be Trace McSorley for the Arizona Cardinals. And that's why the Bucks are a seven and a half point favorite. I'm not in any rush to bet the Buccaneers and this team that's massively disappointed this year at a big number, but I understand why this line has moved because I think Colt McCoy is a decent backup, but Trace McSworley is is not. So um, I will not. I don't even know if I'll watch this game, quite frankly. But <laughs> the, the Buccaneers are a, a sexy pick. And then quickly another quarterback thing. So Monday night, last game of the Week 16 slate. We have the Chargers out to a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I actually like the Colts in this game. Uh, we've seen a couple line moves this week. One line move was because Jonathan Taylor's out for the year. Um, that went from three to four, or and probably some other factors, just like the way the Colts lost last week was horrific, and who knows the state of mind of that team. But then we went from uh, Chargers minus four to minus four-and-a-half with the news that Nick Foles will get the start. For Matt Ryan, and I don't really think there's any drop off between Foles and Ryan. <laughs> if anything, it's an improvement. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't think Matt Ryan's been playing well lately, but come on. I mean, yeah, but he's he's a turnover machine and immobile. And yeah, I know Nick Foles was in in Indy because Frank Reich was there, and now Frank Reich's not there, so maybe that's a that's an issue for the Colts. But we've talked all year about the Chargers, how when they're a favorite. You fade them when they're an underdog. You look to bet on them. They're a big favorite here. They're a four and a half point favorite on the road in an isolated game. This just feels like a game where the Chargers don't meet up, meet expectation just because we've seen this story before and that the Colts, a team that still I think has a lot of pride in playing for Jeff Saturday, they definitely can cover this game. So if you want to bet for Monday Night Football, and I wrote in my article looking to bet the Colts at plus four or better. Let's do a quick teaser. You like the Ravens and the Raiders as the teaser team this week? Yes, two teams that just missed the cut in terms of like my picks, so I'm just going to tease them. I like it. 
I wanted also wait on the Ravens because I wasn't sure if it's going to be a, a Lamar game or a Huntley game. It is going to be Tyler Huntley, and the line is down to six and a half. I just could never bet the Falcons here. It's a, it's a dome team from the south, rookie quarterback on the road, and, and some real ugly conditions in Baltimore if you want to check what's going on there on Saturday. So basically you just get the Ravens down to win the game, which I think is very likely, and then you go to – Saturday night in Pittsburgh, and you take the Raiders, you can get them out to plus eight and a half. So you get them through the key numbers of three and seven. I just think there's not much that separates the Raiders and Steelers. And when it was Raiders plus three, I had some interest in Vegas, missed out on those numbers. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is that much better than Mitch Trubisky currently. I thought Trubisky played very well against the uh, Panthers last week, and, and Pickett's already had two concussions this year. And I know they're trying to develop the rookie, but in terms of winning games on the field right now, I don't think there's much of a, a difference at all between these those two teams, and Pickett's going to get the start. Uh, I think if, if, if it wasn't Pickett, this line would be a little bit lower. So I think once Pickett's confirmed, uh, definitely fire in uh, this teaser with the Ravens down and the Raiders up. I like it. Yeah, I, I like those two picks. I mean, you know, I, you know I'm never going to bet the Raiders at a normal number, but – Teasing him, I could buy. Teasing him, I could buy, especially yeah. against a team as as bad or as um, you can't really bet on Pittsburgh with any confidence, really. Yeah, trustworthy. Pittsburgh's definitely a team that's improved a lot, and I think their stats early in the year were skewed because they had such a hard schedule. But I just don't think much separates these two teams. So the idea of getting the uh, the Raiders at plus three interested me early in the week. The uh, the only problem with batting the Raiders now is, like I mentioned at the top, it's going to be 10 degrees in Pittsburgh, and that's probably not good for for that's Derek true. Carr, who he's played most of his career in warm weather. So, yeah, that's kind of what's keeping me off the Raiders in terms of a side. But in a, in a game with a total of 38, um, you can't go wrong with teasing through two key numbers any sort of team. All right, we talked with uh, the Point to the Paint podcast host, Zach Badgerhouse, about his NBA picks. We'll go to that interview for NBA Christmas Day bets. All right, time to talk NBA Christmas Day slate. Zach Badgerhouse, the special guest joining us, Ben's co-host on the Points in the Paint podcast. You should check out every week, sometimes twice a week, and they're uh, going to give their favorite NBA plays for Sunday. We have a five-game slate in the NBA Christmas Day, and and frankly, a lot better than the NFL offerings on Christmas Day. I know Zach would have agreed with that, even if there were three premier games going on <laughs> in the National Football League. But guys, what, do you want to just get into the bets, or do you want to talk about a little bit about the NFL, or sorry, the NBA, and kind of how the season's gone from a betting standpoint? It's been some good, it's been some bad, uh, being I know yesterday was a, was definitely rough. Unless you went under on a lot of people, and otherwise you did really well. But if you're expecting some overs, then it was definitely a frustrating situation. Um, but I'm looking forward to the Christmas games for sure. I don't know about you being, but I know I am. Oh, 100%. I think the games are going to be fun. I'm I'm kind of upset that there are NFL that there are some NFL games that Sunday, just because I like the. Christmas I didn't want to see it. Just being, it's just like, come on, come on, NFL. You can, you have every other Sunday. You you can let this one go, but there, there's still going to be some fun NBA games. Um, I think you know you always have the Knicks at Madison Square Garden on Christmas Day is is always a classic, and that's always a fun one. And then you watch all day up until some of those West Coast games. So I think the games and the matchups are really fun. I think there's some good 
some good lines that we can hit. And uh, I like that they're out on Thursday instead of waiting until like Saturday to bet them. There are no NBA games on Saturday, so every team's going to have a day off. So you know that ahead of time. So I think we, we have some good numbers that we can hit. And actually, yeah. yeah, these lines were actually out in the summer back in August. I'm sure they took them down once the NBA season went, but they reposted right now on a Tuesday or Thursday as uh, we talk three days from from the games and the uh, the early tip off. I think you guys have a different opinion on Sixers going to MSG to play the Knicks. Sixers right now a, a two point favorite. It looks like across the board. I know uh, Philly has had a little bit of a disappointing start for the season after having high expectations to do well in the regular season. And the Knicks, well over 500 and kind of a, a pleasant surprise after a, a down year last year under Tom Thibodeau. What's your guys' looks for this game in New York City early on Sunday? Well, it's funny because Ben, he said he likes the Knicks, which is very interesting because, you know, they haven't played well. I'll give you that. They've won like six of their last seven. They're coming off a loss. I think they're going to play on Friday, the Friday before Christmas. So, but I've been listening to the media and paying attention to the news, Ben. It just sounds like Joel Embiid is just super excited to play on Christmas. And because yeah. that very reason, I'm going with Philly just straight up on a money line for them to win the game. But I also like this too, Ben. Oh, do you let me know what you think of this? The team total for the points is 110, and the Philadelphia 76ers have went over that at least five of the last six games. So I'm probably going to take the team total too. You know me. I might have to parlay it together. I like it. I like taking overs on Christmas Day because it's – uh I don't think defense travels for Christmas very well, especially during the early games. I think games, you know, you have games at like noon or three. It's just the defense usually doesn't do well, at least to start the game. And by then, hopefully you get enough points where you can at least have a chance to hit the over. But, you know, the reason I like the Knicks and I, and I really hate usually doing this is, you know, you're riding with some of these teams that have been playing well. And usually in the NBA, the trends do not stick after a while. So after, you know, three or four or five games where the trend's continuing, I usually like to fade that trend. But the Knicks have been playing really, really well, and they're playing at home, and they're getting points. So if I can take the Knicks and I can get some of those points, I think I'm going to take it. This line is right now, because it's so early, it looks like you can get, maybe get the Knicks a plus four, some places a plus two. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy. But if I can get those four points for the Knicks, I'll probably take it. Now, Zach, I think the thing here that I'm worried about is that I know Julius Randle has been just an absolute stud. He's been dominant. He's been mm-hmm. using his force and his muscle to, to get to the basket and to bring big men outside the basket I'm a little worried about Joel Embiid guarding him in this game, but I, you know, if this was the beginning of the season, I'd say I don't think Julius is ready to take on Embiid, but I think he has grown so much so far this year that I kind of believe that he can maybe make an impact. Hey, Nate, you smell that? You, you smell that? Because I smell barbecue chicken alert. Barbecue oh. chicken alert for Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid will probably have... Whatever his first quarter points is, take the over. Because Joel Embiid is going to be that excited. He's going to be that animated for them to play well. He's going to get out to a good start. They're going to make sure of it, too. And from the last highlights that I've seen from Joel and all the moves he's been making, man, I know he cannot wait to display them at Madison Square Garden. I promise. <laughs> all right, second game of the day, Lakers-Mavericks. Biggest point spread right now on the board. Mavericks favored by 7.5 total. <laughs> Two twenty-five and a half is the uh, are the Lakers live to win, Zach? It sounds like maybe you you think that, or <laughs> you lay the point to the Mavs. Nate, unfortunately, I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to win this game. But however, <laughs> seven and a half though, I wouldn't right. count Brian losing by that many points. You, you can get an eight. By, yeah, you, you can know. get an eight. 
There's one eight, eight plus eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't see Brian losing by that much. I think it'll be I'll probably be like a four point five point game, you know, towards the end. But I think it'll be a, a relatively good game, especially if Russ can come back. I know Russ looks forward to playing on Christmas. Obviously, LeBron does. I expect Brian to have a big night. He may end up with a triple double. Just see how that line looks or double double. See what that looks like, you know, for the player prop, but. I think they can cover the game. I know it'll it'll be in Dallas too, but I know Lucas probably gonna shine. But I think the Lakers could at least cover the eight and a half, the eight or the seven and a half. The Mavs should not be an eight point favorite over anyone in the NBA. Honestly, they're not as reliable <laughs> as a team. I think they're they're eight sixteen and one as a favorite against the spread this season. They're just they're unreliable. And watching, it was yesterday. I think I put the Luca point props over over thirty, and he got. 25 so that was unfortunate but Dallas still won but it was a close one it was closer than it probably should have been and I just don't know if they have it in them at this point to blow out any team you have LeBron on Christmas Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook like you said Zach's coming back you know eight points is a lot I would probably lean the Lakers and maybe LeBron points over he didn't I bet his over when he went back to Cleveland this year didn't get it so maybe this is maybe this is the game where he actually gets his over. <laughs> That's that narrative bet right there. <laughs> yes, it was a terrible yeah. bet, but I still made it. No, for sure. Uh, next game, I think Ben has something here, and probably a maybe an Eastern Conference final preview if everything breaks right between the Bucks going to Boston to play the yeah. Celtics. I know the Celtics have had a little bit of a swoon after getting out to a hot start, and the Bucks now fully healthy. I think one of the one of the favorites to win the NBA title, and I think it's indicated. In the Eastern Conference odds, these two are t- top two teams. Yeah. Right now, Celtics favored by four at home in Boston, kind of the third game. So kind of the prime time slot, I'd say, in terms of the NBA Christmas Day slates for, for p- people in all parts of the country. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on this game? I know, Ben, you have something if you want to start off. Yeah, this this time game, the timing for the game sucks because 4 p.m. on Christmas Day, that's like prime nap time. But this game is so good <laughs> that I'm really excited to watch this game. And I'm a little worried about the Celtics. Now, I will say if the Celtics lose on Friday, this is my thought process, too. Man, great minds think alike. There you go. If the Celtics lose on Sunday, I'm going to bet the Celtics in this game yep. that's because that scene. is. You know, that would make uh, that make four in a row, four losses in a row for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. They are too good of a team to lose five in a row, especially at home on Christmas. Hopefully Marcus Smart might be healthy. or We'll see what the injury report is, of course, for that Sunday game. But if they lose on Friday, I'm going to love the Celtics. If they win, give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks plus the points. See, that's so funny. And I don't really like how that just we are right on the same track because my thought process is I actually want Boston to win on Friday so they can lose on Sunday. Like that's my whole thought. See, so I'm rooting for (laughs) the Boston Celtics to be riding high, coming off a victory on Friday night. And then they walk, they go in home game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis coming to town and they fall short. That's my narrative for that bet right now being and i'm hoping that's how it play out because if the celtics lose on friday night i i'm with you i think they come out against the hammer them and i think also i don't know what you think zach but i i'm kind of leaning towards the over on this one um and again it's kind of that narrative christmas day games especially with these two teams um the last time that they played i believe was in the playoffs last year so these two teams know each other really well, but because it's not really, it's not a playoff game, 
It's a middle of December. It's a, it's a Christmas Day game. I think the superstars are going to come out. I think we're going to see a lot from Jalen Brown, from Giannis, and especially if Middleton's going to be out. Giannis could go for 40 in this one. So I, I think we're going to see points. I think we're going to see a tight game, but it's going to be one of those tight games where it's back and forth scoring rather than tight because it's sloppy and slow. I think it might actually go under. I think it might be more of a defensive game because it's in the middle of the day. Like guys have had opportunity to, you know, be FaceTime with their families. It's that in the third. <laughs> it's not an early game because I just to go back to the Philly game. I feel like that game may go under because it's an early tip. You know, it's the Philadelphia and the uh, New York Knicks game. So just to go back to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Celtics, I think it because of a def- because we're expecting a lot of points that it won't be a lot of points. I'm thinking it may fall somewhere around like 218, somewhere around there. It's going to be tight. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah. I like the way you guys think where you're hoping for one result to happen so you can bet (laughs) the certain side. That's something that I I think about betting football. And even like when we get to the NBA, the playoffs, hoping a team wins a certain game to get another team at a better number the next game or the next series. So let's move on. Fourth game of the day. Maybe not the most interesting from a betting standpoint, but I feel like in terms of the trash talk, and all the other outside noise, this is a huge game, a, a rematch of a second-round series in the Western Conference final or playoffs last year. Memphis Grizzlies going to Golden State to play the Warriors. Grizzlies, I'm sure, have a lot of playoff revenge in this game, and that's why the NBA put this game on the Christmas Day slate, because there's actually bad blood between these two teams. A big change in the line from what we saw in the summer when the Grizzlies were a modest favorite at home. Or sorry, the Warriors were the modest favorite at home. Now the Grizzlies have flipped to the favorite. I assume that's all related to the Steph Curry injury and just kind of the way these teams are trending with the Warriors not meeting expectations early on and the Grizzlies playing well. So I'll just give you the floor, Zach. I have a feeling you're going to have a lot to say about this game. I'm not sure if it's going to be a bet, but I think you might have some thoughts about how this game will play out. Well, bet John Morant props all over. Assists, rebounds, points. I feel like he's going to try to have a big night just because I think it's going to be the first time they've played this season. So I expect big things from John Morant. Now, what I will say is at three and a half from what I see, or maybe, or maybe what minus four. So at some places, I feel like that's kind of low. I feel like that's, it should be a little higher. I feel like they should have been like at least. Eight and a half, minus eight and a half, minus Ooh. nine and a half. Because off the strength, <laughs> did you guys see the previous game? The Warriors have played where they allowed 91 points in the first half. Now, I know motivation is different come, you know, Christmas Day at home, the Golden State right. Warriors. So it may be a little different, but only three and a half? I feel like that's, I feel like that's a little small. Can I can I say this? Let me know if this changes your mind. The Warriors will have had today, tomorrow, and Saturday off. Okay. And and it's going to be their first home game after a long road trip where they were terrible. They're they're a terrible team on the road. At home they're a little bit different. So they have three days off. Memphis plays on Friday. Okay. So they only get one day off. And and Golden State's back at home. So I don't know if that changes anything for you at all. Maybe a little bit, but I, oh, maybe okay. So. So still three and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it seems a little low, but Golden State's yeah. a lot better at home. I, I don't know. That's a tough line. For no me. Steph, though, right? 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, Steph I, don't, Curry, I don't think Steph's supposed to play. Be, yeah, that's a struggle. So that'll be a struggle bus right there for them to kind of overcome that unless there's a pool party. And remember what I said on Points in the Bank podcast, being <laughs> is that unless there's some baddies on the sidelines, <laughs> on the baseline, that we're not sure <laughs> if, you know, Jordan Poole's going to come out to play. But I expect the Stars to be out, you know, for the Christmas Day game in Golden State. So Jordan Poole will probably have a good night. I'll take his, like, threes or something like that. Yeah, the Grizzlies feel, or sorry, the Warriors feel like a team that when this, you know, everyone's watching and it's a big game, they do show up. And I think we've learned that about the Warriors since the 2017 season, uh, when they kind of forget, realized that winning 73 games in the regular season wasn't the uh, priority and, and being ready for the playoffs, but showing up in these isolated games that the whole country's watching. Let's close out with the last game of the night out in Denver. The Suns go in to play the Nuggets. Right now, Nuggets are two-and-a-half-point favorite. Ben, I know you have a bet on this game, so the floor is yours. Give me the Nugs. Give me my little chunky boy, Nikola Jokic. I love him, and he is playing so well. He's just doing great. Every time I'm points in the paint, every time we talk, every week, it's like Jokic did something insane, something like that hasn't been done since the 60s or the 70s. You know, something just this like these amazing NBA players have done. Jokic is doing it every single game, so I think he's going to keep rolling. Suns are uh, a little sketchy to me. I'll be quite honest. You know, Chris Paul went down with a, what looked like a pretty serious injury. He came back and he played, but he certainly wasn't himself a couple games ago. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. You've had Booker in and out of the lineup. I, I just don't know how consistently good this Phoenix Suns team can be. And honestly, it looks like Denver's starting to hit somewhat of a stride, and they've been playing well even without Jamal Murray in the lineup. Two and a half at home for the Nuggets seems a little bit low, which probably means they're going to lose by like 20, but I'll, I'll take the Nuggets. I, since you're going with your doy son, I'll just add some. I'll just add a little confliction here. So NAR number one in the West let's, as of today, uh, through this They're Thursday good. right now, they are tied for the number one spot in the West, the Denver Nuggets. However, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to take the points, the two and a half, with the Phoenix Suns being. I just feel like at some point they got to be motivated and get up and play. And I think – they're going to have like some form of like a coaches, like a players meeting or something. Something's going to happen where there's going to be a sit down with maybe Mighty Williams and DeAndre Ayton so they can get on the same page so they can flourish on national TV <laughs> come Sunday. And so let me get the points for the Phoenix Suns at two and a half. I'll just go the opposite of you for now. I like it. Uh, and before we end, Nate, I want to, I want to ask this to Zach. You're, you're the parlay guy. I am. You're Mr. Parlay. So. Cook up a parlay, money line parlay of every game, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you what the odds are. I'll put them in, and I'll tell you what the final <laughs> odds are. But what? Uh, pick, pick a winner for every game that you, you want to uh, put in a parlay. Okay, sure. Five thing. team parlay. Ooh, the five teamer. Five teamer. Okay. So I like Philly. Okay. Now, nah, ooh, you said money line. Okay, so I got to go money with line. Dallas, even though I like <laughs> Dallas. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Give me the bucks. Ooh, okay. but remember what we said, though. Yeah. It's all based off the Friday game. All based on that. <laughs> it's true. And the, and the Celtics are a, a pretty substantial favorite against Minnesota, so they are expected to win that game. So we won't hold you to that, but if, if the uh, the chalk prevails, then it would be the Bucks, uh, who you, I, I think like you'd it. be siding with Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Giannis. Like, give me Giannis. And then Memphis Grizzlies, man, I just think that line is just a little small, so I got to roll with Memphis to win. I think Ja goes out and have himself so Good game. At least I have a good game. And then give me Phoenix. Ooh-wee. That looks juicy. <laughs> All right. So the total for the five-leg parlay, plus 1,800. 
and plus eight. Plus eighteen hundred. Okay. Plus Five dollars will win you ninety. Sounds like the parlay to save Christmas. There you go. Well, I like I like mine. <laughs> I like mine at plus one night. I got nineteen sixteen. Woo! So, well, mine is a little juicier. <laughs> what they do? What they do a lot on the line? They get seduced by the juice. <laughs> there you go. I love it. A little five team Christmas Day parlay. Yeah. You got to throw in a little parlay action. Have have yeah, something no. on every game. You know. I probably what I probably will do though is what I'll probably do is like the three leg. The more confident one is probably is probably Philly, Milwaukee, and Memphis. It's probably the one I would probably have. So like that's probably like five eighty seven somewhere around there. So that's the one I would legit make. The other two games that I'll probably do more so the spread. <laughs> three different parlays. Put put yeah. two oh, different yeah, teams you know, in each. Put them on Robins. It's round robin time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I like it. All right. I want to thank Zach for joining us, giving some picks. Um, I think that'll probably do it, Nate. I don't know if you have any more picks you wanted to give out, but uh, we went through most of the slate for both what we like for college and the NFL. Yeah, no, that's that's it for uh, for now. No best bets just because the numbers have moved. But uh, I think we'll come back next week on Thursday. We'll give a full preview of the college football playoff semifinals, the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Any other bowl bets we have for the weekend to close out bowl season. And then, of course, NFL Week 17 will preview all those games. Hope everyone has a, a safe holiday if they're traveling in some of this bad weather that we've talked about at NFL stadiums. Uh, make sure to be safe and stay warm. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.